Hey guys, welcome to the Next Level Agents Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Kaufman, and along with my business partner and co-host, Fred Weaver, we bring to you our podcast all about getting to the next level. Sometimes we talk to real estate agents, sometimes brokers, sometimes people just in and around our space, and sometimes just entrepreneurs in general. But our point here is to talk to the brightest and the best and to pull gold nuggets out of them and bring them to you so that way you can take little actionable pieces of advice, sometimes big actionable pieces of advice and make your business even better and help you get to the next level. Do me a favor, if you haven't already, go over to ratethispodcast.com, ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, stands for Next Level Agents, and please leave us a five-star review if you have not already. All right, without further ado, welcome to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back uh, on the Next Level Agents podcast and uh, got a returning returning guest. I want to say this day, this is either appearance number three or four. I'm not sure. I've lost count. Um, but Dave Zajinski, glad to have you back on the show, dude. Dude, what's happening? Thank you for having me back. I, yeah, it's no, probably three. This is probably number three. Yeah, it's got to be because like you and I did a solo one probably a year, year and a half ago. And then you, me, and Chris Bowers did one at some point. Yeah last year kind of as the market was really starting to to shift i guess i hate that word right <laughs> it shifted yeah this is our third one then third time's a charm it's gonna be a good one that's what they say um well so actually what's funny man is the reason i wanted to come back and um and have this conversation was because when you and i did that first episode year year and a half ago whenever, whenever that was we talked a lot that day about your showing model or your showing partner model and, and kind of the way you had really started designing the leverage in your, in your business, in your real estate business. And, um, which was great. Like, I, I think it's brilliant. I still think it's brilliant. And yet, you know, as time has gone by you, one of the things I love about you and appreciate about you is you're kind of always trying to get better and always trying to figure out how you could be doing things that would be better. Um, and, along the way you found a, an even better leverage model for you. And, um, and that, so that's kind of evolved. And so that topic for some reason has just come up so much recently in conversations that I've either had like in one-on-one -on -one or in mastermind groups. Um, you know, and in fact, you and I got to talk about this twice once at a, at the all day mastermind that we did here in Scottsdale, uh, that was invite only in uh, February, and then once on our weekly uh, next level Tuesday call with our EXP group, where we kind of got to dissect the, I'll call it the current uh, or the latest iteration of your leverage model. And so mm -hmm. I just thought it'd be cool because the topic has come up so much to sort of share this with the rest of the world and, and the listeners of this podcast. And so I thought we'd start there, man. So maybe for the listener, and we'll link to it if we can. Um, in the show notes, if not, they could just search Dave Z and, and see you on the, you know, find your original, um, original episode, but let's start there. Like, tell us, give us the brief, like two minute version of the way of what your showing partner model was, you know, year and a half ago, the last time we, we talked about this and yeah. then let's talk about what it is today, the differences. And, and then we can talk about why and all the advantages and stuff like that too. I'm sure we'll go down a hundred rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah, so there, like you said, it's a the original one's still a valid iteration, and I think it uh, it works. It, it it all works, but it just wasn't working for me as well. So the original one 
was a dedicated partner. So we use showing partners. So, you know, if anybody's listening, they're not sure what this is. This is talking about having a salaried person on your team to show properties, right? That's what they do. So they're going to open doors. They're going to mimic you, be out taking your clients around. And really the, the best way to look at it is an internship. Like, hey, you're, you want to get into real estate, but it's super hard, high failure rate. So come do this model where you get a base salary plus commission, you learn the business. And then I, as the team owner, or if you're an individual agent, you get the leverage, right? You're not out showing properties so you can go get more business, right? That's the whole idea behind it is stay in lead conversion, lead generation, lead follow-up, consultations, and don't go out to properties anymore. So- Right. I'm going to, I'm going to insert something before we kind of go down this rabbit hole. Cause I, and I should have said this, uh, or, uh, should at least given you the warning that we we're, that I wanted to bring this part of it up because it, it's come up. I hear a lot from agents, um, who say, yeah, but I use the showings as a way to, to build rapport. And I'm, I'm like, personally, I think it's just a crutch. Uh, yeah. and the thing, one of the things I always say, you know, especially when I'm, when I'm referencing you is like, yeah, but it, you know, it really doesn't, first of all, opening the door is not the value that you bring to your clients. It's mm-hmm. just not, there's nothing of value that comes from opening a door. Uh, at least it's not your professional value. And second of all, when you handle everything up front, you just said the key word a moment ago, consultation. When you do a right. great consultation, it sort of sets the stage for that. So let's do this before you kind of sh- talk about the current iteration Tell us about a little bit, maybe about your consultation. Like, I don't need the scripts, but like, what are some of the dialogues that are going on there? It's like, so how are you setting this up? So that way the client sort of knows what's happening. Yeah, good point. So I believe everybody deserves a consultation. Doesn't matter how they're introduced to me, how many times they've bought a home. We just need to get on the same page and set expectations and then also find out how my buyer expects things to work. And then more importantly, how I expect them to work and get agreement from them. So the consultation is really the most important step, I think, in the real estate transaction process, because that, that'll make it or break it. And so many people don't know how to do a consultation, don't want to do one, don't have like the balls to say, come into the office, right? They want to be led by the consumer who's like, go meet me at this property, depending on how they're introduced you know, and how that connection is made. So a consultation is a must and you just have to believe in it and, and give them options. So uh, instead of saying, I'd like to do a consultation, right? It's like, so our next step is going to be this and it's going to be getting together, going over the process. And I want to make sure I understand what you want to do and, and meet your expectations. Would you rather do a Zoom or an in-person? What would be better for you? And just say, this is what we're going to do. And I, I rarely do I find somebody saying, no, no. Just because it's not for me. And I never use the word, I have a buyer presentation I'd like to show you, like, because nobody wants that. But when I say, you know, and it always changes depending on the market. Like when the market was nuts two years ago, I would say, listen, we need to get together and have a, a strategic game plan to make sure you get a home for the least amount of money and make sure you don't overspend like the rest of these yahoos that are bidding 60 grand over. So I'd like to talk to you about how we can offer the least amount of money and still win the property. When's a good time for us to get together? That's hard to say no to. I was going to say, you've always got, you're always prepared based on what's happening in the market, what's in the mind of the consumer. 
of how to frame, basically frame the consultation. Yeah. For their benefit, instead of here's what I don't want to hear come out of anybody's mouth that I'm working with coaching. Like I would love to like, it's like no shit. No, really. I would love to come list your home. Really? I would love to. So it it always has to come back from um, getting buy-in. So I'm a big believer in getting buy-in and tying people down on any step of the process. I think throughout the whole process, we should be tying people down. So uh, if we can get together in the office and I can show you how we can put together a strategy to make sure you you can beat out all these other buyers without overpaying, would that be helpful? Everything should be phrased in, would that be helpful? And then they're going to say, yeah, that'd be really helpful. Great. Do you want to do, do you want to do Zoom or do you want to do an office? I'm really flexible on that. So then we get into the consultation, right? And that's where we're going to set up the expectations. And, and everything I do, I, I try to prepare right? Like you said, come from the mind of the consumer and show them why they want to do this and why this is going to be better, right? Why this is going to be a better process for them if we do it this way. And you're just not going to, re- you're not going to encounter friction. I don't know the, the, the limiting beliefs that realtors have. I don't understand where they come from. I think it's, it's self-imposed in this industry. Like I told some the other day, like you're playing by a set of rules that don't exist and fine, have at it. Like they were just blasting me on Facebook. Like, you don't show your own properties and they're not your clients. Okay. Well, like my, that's your set of rules. My agreement that where they hired me <laughs> says, says different. I do. Right. I agree. I, you know, I had this conversation, Fred and I were in Houston earlier this week, leading a conver- conversation on uh, mastermind. And I mean, that, that thing, that's exactly what came up is like the, the, the um, everyone, they have these rules of what they think are, they need to do right. Like whether that's, Hey, I'm available 24 seven, or I have to show the properties, or maybe it's, I have to go to the closing. I have to go to the inspection. It's all these things that like, I think what happened is that it's, well, I would say this, my opinion is it's combination and, or one of two things, ego, no one else could do it the way I do it. Or number two, well, it just seems like that's the way everybody else did it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. there's these set of rules that realtors have had to live by because they learned it from the old, from the realtors that were like experienced that they were around when they first started. So this dumb with these dumb set of rules that lack purpose, just keep getting passed around and people just accept them as like, they're like social norms amongst realtors. And it's like, this is dumb. Why would you do things like that? So you said something earlier, which is what I say all the time. Like there, you said there's no value in opening the door. Well, there, there's tremendous value in opening the door, but it's not my value. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Okay, so the consumer has tremendous value from getting the door open. But what I have found, this is what I'll tell anybody who argues with me, just ask your people. I ask a lot of people, Hey, if, if, you know, I've been doing this 19 years and I've closed over a thousand homes. If I'm the one that's in charge of all the negotiations and all of that big picture stuff, the, you know, how we price this and how we do the repairs and all of that. But I have people that will open doors for you 24 seven, any, any day of the week. Is there any reason that wouldn't work for you? Nobody is like, that would suck. Again, right? who's going to say no to that? Right. And, and so I'm already, and then when I do my consultation, 
I'll use the analogy. I like to stick with like the airlines, you know, because I, I try not to get into the doctor because that sounds ridiculous. Like nobody wants to hear the realtor say, oh, I'm a doctor. Um, We're not but airlines life. work really well, right? Where I go, listen, the airline pilot, she or he knows that their value is in flying that plane and not in getting your bags on the airplane. Super important, but it's not their value. And they know you getting served beverages is super valuable, but it's not their value. So for me to represent you, which is a great honor for me to represent you uh, in purchasing this home, my value is going to be here, 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 and here. But it's not here. The good news is I have that provided for you. And you're going to have an amazing experience with working with me. But none of my value is attached to those things. So I don't feel bad about it. And I think realtors who attach their value to that feel bad if they're not doing it. And, and I think it's, I think it's just like, I'm trying to break this down with people who don't see it. I, I think th there's just an evolution, like, you know, those like t-shirts of like the evolution of like, you know, from, from the age to the human and the back down. Like I, I was thinking like the evolution is like a struggling realtor to, you know, developing to maybe running a team and they're like, I, like for me, my evolution is now back to more of a solo agent. <laughs> <laughs> like I just kind of had to go through that like evolution. But when you won't like, dude, somebody was arguing with me on Facebook about this. And I finally like looked him up because I'm like, I want to help this guy. Dude sold one home in, in one year and eight days. He has sold one home. So I get it. Like now I'm trying to see life through his world. He doesn't have value in negotiation. He doesn't have value in being the market expert. His only value is opening the door. So no no wonder he's arguing with me because I'm taking away his whole value proposition. It's true. Right? That's a good point. So we I like I have to look, I have to help people understand don't try to earn your stripes in real estate through showing properties. And I think that's where a lot of people are stuck, is they have to go out and do every part of it to start feeling valuable, to start acting like a realtor. Where I think my diff where I was different from day one is I came out of new home sales, man. I did that for four years. And guess how a, guess how a builder runs their business? Like a freaking business. Like yep. if they depended on a salesperson in their office to bring in all of the leads, they would go broke. Yeah. And if they depended on that new home salesperson to do the construction, it would fall apart. So I just came out of an environment where I was in real estate in a scaled business where we were, we were all doing our parts and I didn't see value, right? I had no value from the design studio and I had no value in the construction. I knew exactly where my value was and I stayed in that lane and I did a lot of it. I closed a lot of new home sales. And then I just wanted to bring that business, that kind of approach into my business where it's like, well, let me just do what matters and everybody else can do the other things that, that matter that I don't have to do. That's a So I think I had that natural you know, leg up. That's a cool perspective. I really hadn't, I hadn't considered that. And you're right. I mean, when you look at the, how does a builder run their, run their business? Yeah. They run it like a big business. Like you're as a salesperson, you're not responsible to get the people to walk through the door. You're responsible for, oh, yeah. For closing, closing those people, the company, their, their marketing department or whatever is responsible to get the people to walk through the door. And the construction department is responsible for, you know, for, for the hammers and nails and stuff. So that's a great, Can you imagine great if somebody dude. walked into like Fulton homes, they're like, now you're going to be the one hammering the nails, right? Like you're going to be the one who does it all. Like that would be dumb. 
And that's what we do as realtors. We actually, and, and for some weird, twisted, demented, uh, like reason, we take pride and make sure, and I'm saying not, I'm not saying we, like you and I, I'm saying as an industry, like we make sure our clients know that not only am I the one with a hammer and nails, I'm the only one that can do it. Like you oh, can possibly let it. Yeah. Like I'm the best at this. It's so funny how, how we do that. So dumb. Which then yeah. ultimately only limits ourselves. So anyway, so I know you and I, I know what we're talking about, right? But it's like, I think, you know, if I'm listening to this, like the whole idea of what we're talking about is be a realtor that doesn't show properties. Right. So that's the whole idea is like be a badass realtor that doesn't go out to properties and watch how many homes you can sell how many people you can serve and what better service you can provide. And, and that's would, right. This is what we're talking about. And I would add to that. I would even go a step further and say, be a realtor that values your own time and understands the value of your time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had a mentor early on that he, he just would say, listen, like if you don't have, like if you don't have a landscaper at home, you, you are the landscaper. The landscaper. And yeah. so, and so there's things and not, that's not to demean landscaping like at all. <laughs> I'm just saying like, if you don't have somebody else or leverage or something to do something for you, that means you're the one responsible for it. And the reality is there's a lot of tasks as an example in real estate. If you're a high producing real estate agent and you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, and you, then your, you know, your hourly rate is probably a hundred, 200, 300, 500 bucks an hour for your actual work right. time. Right. And so when you do things that are, that can be done and be done proficiently by somebody who makes 20 bucks an hour or 25 bucks an hour, you're just bad at math. Yeah. You're bad yeah. At, at resource allocation. So anyways, I, I'll stop interrupting you on that point and let you kind of so, get from now. So, yeah. So back to what the original so I, I had right if we look at the progression like solo agent to running a team and it's expensive to run a team right it's expensive to give away so so here here's the normal like MREA book is uh you know be a dominant listing agent hire buyers agents like give your buyer's agent the lead because you're too busy or you just don't want to work weekends anymore and give them 50 percent or whatever of, of the split um, and that's expensive and it's hard to be profitable. And there's very few teams out there like you and, and, and Fred where you can run a sustained business of profitability. It's, it's freaking hard. And there's leadership that comes with it and all that stuff. So so we're talking about leverage, right? So the showing partner is it can be used in teams. It can be used for an individual agent. But I'll just, you know, the the, the message is one, don't give away a client if you don't need to, right? Like if you... What I mean by that is don't give it to an an agent if you don't have to. So if you want leverage and scale in your business, keep the client, keep the relationship, just give it to somebody else to do the work. And that's what a showing partner was, right? So they were managing, they mimicked you as a buyer's agent, but you kept all the commission. So the model I was running was three grand a month in salary and they got 5% of the commission. That's going to be better than a buyer's agent but what I found was I went through a lot of them because it's hard, right? Like you're out showing all the time and uh, you're, you're, you, I'm trying to figure out why it was so hard, but basically it, 
it, it was meant to be a graduation. Like, hey, do this for two years and then you can become a buyer's agent on the team. That's how I, I saw it modeled in other people that still run that is come into my world. You don't know real estate. I'll train you. I will show you the ropes and you're going to give me leverage. But what I was finding, Kevin, was these people were not doing what they were supposed to do. They were getting COVID 15 times and couldn't go show when it mattered. So when I had a Sunday lined up with six showings or 12 showings, they'd call in sick. And then I'd have to go back and show. Um, or, you know, they I had these things that they needed to do, like how many open houses and all of the um, phone calls that they were supposed to make. Well, they weren't doing it. And so this leverage started to become a liability. Salaries going out, work not getting done, and people not really wanting to progress to that next step. And so whatever time I was getting back with showing, I was pouring back into training, onboarding, mentoring, why aren't you making your phone calls? Like just over and over and over again for some leverage. And we, this is what led me to found the better way that we're going to talk about. But that's the showing partner model. You know, that, and it still works. I know people who still do it, but here's what I found. Once you do it long enough, they're all going to leave. I don't know anybody that still has their original showing partner. They all left. And not only did they leave, but, you know, the, they graduated into that company, did great things in that company that said, you know what, I'm out. And now they eventually left that company. And these are people that were selling a ton of homes. And, and so the thought is everyone's going to leave eventually. Yep. And your showing partner is going to leave after a bunch of training and time. So you have, if you're going to run that model, love pouring into people, love training, love changing their lives and be ready for them to leave once they get really good. And that sucks. That, and and you, for the record, just described owning a team period, whether we're talking about a showing assistant, a buyer's agent, a new listing agent, just period. That is the experience that everybody has to, to varying degrees um, ever no matter right. what. And that is the, that is the biggest problem. I know that for me, that was the thing I had to make peace with. I remember a guy that I went to for some advice and this was probably back in like 2014. And I was like, dude, I'm just, I don't love, I'm not in love with my business right now. Uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. Tell me, tell me more about yours. And uh, cause I, cause there was something about his, his model that I really liked. And as I learned more about it, one of the things he said to me, he's like, dude, they're all always leaving. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you just got to understand that all of the agents you ever hire are always leaving. Some are going to leave in a month. Some are going to leave in a year. Some are going to leave in 10 years. Maybe you can do. Right. And so like, you want to take this dual approach. I took it to this from this viewpoint is this dual approach. They're all always leaving. And I want to do everything I can to make sure that they never want to leave. Like both, both can be happy, but both can happen. However, the fact remains most people's experience is what you just described. And I, it's very real. Like that happens in our industry a lot. So you found yourself in that, like you were making, you were keeping more of the money, but you were still kind of, you had this problem of, I'm going to call it turnover and people uh, not meeting their commitments that they made to you. How did you fix it? Or, or what's yeah. the next? what's that current version look like today? Yeah. And, and so it it kind of got fixed on its own because I ended up now having two showing partners because if you have one, you only have one and they're still limited to how many homes that they can do. 
And so then I get two. So now I'm at six grand a month of salary plus payroll expenses, right? So let's call it like probably seven a month. And then what happens in the market come July, August? Like the market just totally hit the brakes, right? So our business went down. And, you know, because I run profit first, I quickly by like August and it wasn't, it was August. I started thinking about it. Um, Ben Kinney was up at an event I was at and he was like, Hey, the bears on the mountain, like bears up on the hill time to make some cuts. So that weekend I make, I cut everybody. So I cut my showing partners. Cause I was like, listen, volume is down. Business is down. And I just want to shed this salary. So dude, I cut like 600 grand of GCI overhead, right? Like what I cut in September allowed me to do $600,000 less of GCI and still make the same amount of money. So I just went everything, I cut. Um, and then look at how great the beginning of the year has been, right? So I got super lean, as lean as I could. I mean, I, I even told people like, I'm sorry, I've been with you for three years, like, but I'm done. I can't, I'm not paying these anymore. So I'm just really quick, right? Because if you, if you haven't done profit first, um, you should, but that allowed me to look at it and be like, oh, that account's going down. That one bank account that I focus on, it's going down and went down again. I'm like, I'm done. I had no tolerance to watch it go down and I'll never put money back into my business. That's one thing I'm principled about. Like all that money I pulled out from my business, it stays there, doesn't come back in. So I cut, I cut everything and I'm like, oh, I got to find a new solution. So it's kind of like, it, I don't want to make this sound like I'm some genius. I'm like, oh, I got to figure it out. This was like, dude, I'm cutting and we'll figure it out when the time comes. And when the time came where I got busy again, I found a, just an amazing solution that I'll never go back to. So what I discovered was, is there's about 900 realtors in the state of Arizona that will show homes on demand for a fee. And um, I was like, well, let's give this a try because I've already told my clients that who does this doesn't matter. Who opens the door for you does not matter. And it's already not me. So all I had to do was pivot into my conversations. Um, hey, I'm I'm part of one of the biggest brokerages in the state of Arizona. We're, we're one single brokerage and we have a big network of agents that love showing houses that are kind of new. And, and this is how I protect myself from, from, from like people always ask me, well, if you're, if you're hiring the other agents to show your properties, why won't they just poach them? So this is how I do it. I'm like, Hey, Kevin. So now that we're working together, right. Through my consultation, I'm like, right. Like here's my resume. So everybody's got their own resume, but for me, it's easy to say, look, I've been at this two decades. What I'd love doing is negotiating. That's what I'm really good at. And then I have agents that are terrible at negotiating because they've never really even sold a home, but they love, love, love opening doors and going out to houses. That's their passion. So, um, I have a, I have almost a thousand agents that are at my brokerage that will, will show properties at, at any given notice. They just don't know how to write a contract and they don't know how to, how to do any of that stuff. They're just there to open the door. And clients are totally okay with that. Nobody had, they go, oh, totally fine. Totally fine. So I pivoted to, I can give you on-demand showing seven days a week. Where before, Kevin, I couldn't like, it would be like having one driver. Like you'd never heard of Uber and you're like, dude, I have a driver. It's amazing. And then you text me like, hey, I need a ride to the airport Sunday. He's like, no, dude, I'm with my mom on Sunday. You're like, well, I really need a ride that day. He's like, ain't going to work for me. 
right? And so now you have the constraints of one driver or one showing partner versus you have Uber. And you really don't care who Ubers you to the airport. You just want to get it done. So I look at this kind of like an Uber where within an hour window, I can send out a request to about a thousand agents to say, hey, Kevin needs to see four homes in Gilbert. Here are the addresses. Um, who can do it? And within two minutes, somebody will pick that up and say, I'll do it. I'll show those four houses. They get paid. My clients are super happy. And there's no confusion as to who the client belongs to and who's the realtor. And my people love it. Like they love knowing that they can, in fact, and then I train them. I have a two minute video that says, here's how you're going to schedule homes with me. Like you have two options. If you, if you screenshot me to my personal cell phone, a Zillow home, I cannot promise you when you're going to get in see that home. It's going to be, it might be difficult, but if you schedule a showing through my website and through my cell phone that I want you to work on, you're going to get in within minutes. Like you'll get confirmation within minutes. So I would do it this way if I were you, but I'm not going to like fight you if you want to do it this way. Just know it's going to be a little bit harder and there's virtually zero people. Like one person will still do it. And they'll just see the pain of doing that. Like, Hey, I got your text. I'm just driving. So give me some time. And then what happens is they just end up scheduling on the website. Like, of course like right. Like you just, it, it's really amazing to be oh. like, just go on my website, schedule a showing. You're going to get a response immediately. Um, and then, so to make this work really, really well, um, I have on my end, virtual assistants that do this for me. So um, I've got a, I got a midweek, you know, week, Monday through Friday VA, and then a weekend VA that this is their primary job. They look for these showing requests and then they take it from there. So not only am I removed, so, cause is, is my value in going on to showing time and putting that in? Is that my value? It's my, right. It's valuable, but it ain't mine. It's not my value. So we can have leverage throughout this whole process. Like I can break down leverage from start to finish, but I think why we're talking about this is because most people don't try to think of leverage in this segment of their real estate business, right? And so I was on with Bowers, Chris Bowers, a buddy of ours the other day. And we were talking about like how I spent the weekend at the Great Wolf Lodge with three of my my three little girls. And I didn't have my cell phone on me, but we wrote an offer and we had showings. I was like, dude, my phone sat in the locker because you choose to have your personal cell phone in, in the transaction. And you could not pay me to have my personal cell phone in the transaction. He's like, really? Even if it's like a friend? I'm like, yeah. Like Kevin and I are buddies. I'm like, hey, man, here's why I'd like us to work on this cell phone number. And here's why it's going to be amazing for you. Is there any reason that wouldn't work? <laughs> like, you just break it down. Like, all, okay, that all, makes sense. It's all the expectation. If you set the expectation, the client will follow your lead because it's going to give them the outcome that they're looking for. Yep. And you know, you at you said something early in, in this call on the podcast was, well, that's where we build rapport. Now, this may sound weird, but does everybody want rapport with their realtor? I well, I, I don't think that's the case. Like, I don't think we need to be cold strangers, but I will challenge people that I think more people 
just want a smooth, easy process and they yes. don't have to become best friends with their realtors. You're hundred percent accurate, dude. And I don't even want to be best friends with, with most of my people and they I, don't want that from me. I think it's a crutch again, it's a crutch that people use because they go, um, and this is probably not like how they think on the surface level, but deep down, I think th there's some truth to it, which is, well, if I say it's how I build rapport, then it's because they like me. They're doing business with me because they like me. By the way, don't get me wrong. I'm a relationship salesperson. However, in this scenario, I think what, what's going on is then that means they need me and I'm important and right. I'm the only one that can do it. There's, yep. I think there's a little bit of that. And I get that it's just not the way to have a more leveraged and profitable business. It's a way to have a good business. It's not the way to be the, to be more leveraged and to be more profitable though. Yeah. You'll never, you'll never scale. And, and so, yeah, if we want a bigger life, if we want to impact more people, if we just live a life way beyond what we think we can, you're going to have to scale and it's okay. It's a good thing. Like it's done in every business and you can still provide amazing experiences for people through other people. So um, I don't know what it is. I don't know what the block is, but there's a huge block out there because I'm, I'm amazed how many realtors are like, yeah, this just won't work for me. And that's okay. That's okay. Right. We're only looking for the people who really want to have a bigger life. Like somebody like you, I share this with you. Like I came back from an expensive mastermind. Where I was like, screw this, man. These are like, I'm out. Like I, you know, I just could not believe the pushback I was getting from people who who basically said, well, Dave, you're just not into relationships. You're just not into like uh, pouring into people. Anybody and, who, knows and this, you, who actually knows you knows that's like the biggest crock of shit ever, by the way. it's And so I was just like, wow. I'm like, these are people I've been with for two or three years but because I I'm doing leverage different than they are, um, it's not okay. Like this leverage is 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 not okay. But but and that's all right. I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't really offended. Like I'm trying to think through like why why we have these beliefs, even though we're all subscribed. These these are people that would have like 19 people on their staff, so they're already into leverage. Um, but I know for me, I got really I got really crystal clear as to what I wanted. And that's what, what made the shift for me was um, I really became an accidental leader, right? And I think that just happens to people who maybe excel in things, but that's not what they're maybe looking for. So by by becoming an accidental leader, I was just good at what I was doing in real estate and somebody knocked on my door. Like the, the two agents that are with me still both knocked on my door because I just had a lot of business, right? They were smart. Uh, one, you know, you know, her, she was on a different real estate team and that team wasn't working out. And she basically looked in the MLS and was like, oh, this dude's got 40 some listings and knocked on my door. I was like, you have 40 listings and I want, I want business. And because I wasn't smart at the time and I didn't understand leverage the way I do now. Um, I was like, yeah, sure. Come work with me. And then the second agent did the same thing. So out of just being good at what I was doing, it put me in a position of leadership, but that's not what I was looking for. And it took me a long ass time to figure out that's not really what I was looking for, but it seemed like the natural progression. 
Like I was just stuck in doing what everybody else was doing too. I'm like, well, at this point you're supposed to do this. And then you, then you do this. So I went from having a pretty good life to going through years of pain and growth of like trying to be something that I naturally didn't want to be because yeah. I just thought I was supposed to. That's the thing is people do, this is why, I mean, this is exactly why I wanted to talk about this model again today. Um, and it's the exact same reason why I talked to so many different people that have different business models and do things differently is because people tend to think, oh, I'm just, I guess this is just how I should do it because this is the way everybody else in my brokerage does it or everybody else who I look up to does it or who everyone else in my mastermind group does it this way. And there's a lot of different ways to do things. And yeah, it, dude, it took you a little while to realize like, whoa, I'm on the wrong path. Like Dustin Runyon reminds me constantly of something I said to him, which was like, I just don't want to, I don't want to run up the wrong mountain. Like, I don't want to get mm -hmm. to the top of a mountain and, and then realize like, I didn't want the wrong way. Yeah. Like I didn't want to be up here. I should have been on this other mountain. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's what you're, you're saying that too, which is like, Hey dude, you're just, you've gotten, you're, you know who you are and you know who you want. And yes, it took you a while, but you've continued to refine your model to be closer and closer a match to who you are and what you want. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's the story or that's the message that I want the listener to really take home today. Like some of them are going to, hopefully they get like, Hey, there's leverage here and I'm putting constraints on my business that are imaginary that I could actually take off. So hopefully you gave them permission to, to do that today. And there'll be some people who go, wow, actually that is the model I want. And maybe they can, um, Maybe they can replicate what you've done and and reach out to you for some help on that. But if nothing else, I hope everybody listening just realizes like, hey, there's a way there's just because you're doing something doesn't mean, and just because it looks right and it's what's taught by coaches or brokerages or whatever, doesn't mean it's the right thing for you. Uh, and hopefully you've just given them the permission that they needed to, to reevaluate that. Yeah. Yeah. It is getting that clarity. And I, I guess I knew what I wanted, but I was going about it, about it the way wrong way, right? Like at the heart of it was freedom, more money, more time. That's yeah. what I wanted. So did a buyer's agent provide me that? Yep. Yep. Like I have not worked weekends, Kevin, really in like eight, nine years. I'm probably the same for you, right? Like when I say I don't work weekends, it's, it's occasional, but it ain't every weekend it's it's rare and it's it's getting in and getting out in little moments but yeah it's it's it gave me what i wanted but it was so inefficient and so expensive so anybody listen this is what i tell people like you can sell way more real estate than you think you're capable of if you get the right leverage and and so the the biggest leverage I would tell anybody to seek out is stop showing houses. There's other leverage that I can walk people through, right? Like the, the, the way I have my system set up is I only try to stay in a very small space, which is following up with people that were put into my world, either by my referral partners, my past clients, my ISA, my database manager, right? Like there's heavy leverage to get my calendar full. So that's step one for me is I need to be talking to people, but I don't want to be the one that has to do it. So I, I've hired other people to get people into my world. So I'll follow up with them. 
But then I, once they're ready to transact, I want to be completely removed of it. Don't write offers. Don't do paperwork. Don't go show properties. Don't go to inspections. Don't do, right? Like, and, and be, so that way you can do your business from anywhere on the planet, right? Like I have, you know me, I've spent the summer in Maine and I've I've still transacted real estate, which may sound like a pain to some people, but I'll tell you, it's super easy. Like, if you only have to work a couple hours a day and you can spend six weeks on vacation, who's going to, who's going to argue that? Like, because if you keep the majority of the business, you'll be amazed how much money you can make. So like, I actually have my spreadsheet here um, that I keep updates. So year to date, my buyer commission, 119,508. It's cost me $1,883 to get that across the finish line. So I've kept 116,934. It's 97.6% of the commission has come back to me and I haven't gone out to a house. And that's virtually in two months. I mean, today's we're recording this on March 3rd. If March 3rd. Uh, yeah. And then I have one, two, three, four, five, six other buyers that are out looking right now with other people, which I've included those fees in that into the net. Oh man. Yeah. That's solid. Well, it is, it's crazy. So stop showing houses, let other people show for you. If you want to figure out how to build a network of agents to do it, I can let you tap into the network I have. It's pretty easy and stay in the lane of like consulting, generating and serving people and, and stop wasting time on things that we feel like we, we have to be doing and get and get leverage. And then you can pour into the relationships that matter. Right. And that's what I've chosen to to do. Like actually somebody in that mastermind was like, cause I, I, I felt like I was letting people down on my leadership. Right. With these showing partners that weren't motivated. And, and what this first said to me is like, you're not a shitty leader. You're just tired of pouring into people who don't want to be accountable and don't want to do things. So stop beating yourself up on it. I'm like, that's, that's true. And that was a really good thing to hear. Like these people just don't want to be led and stop feeling bad that they don't show up to role play. Right. And so now I still have my team, but I do one monthly team meeting and one monthly one-on-one. -on -one. We used to do like daily meetings. Like I I'm like, listen, you do your thing. I'm gonna do my thing. We all have that, all that we need. Let's just get out of our ways and let's just stop doing meetings to death and like daily huddles and all, and all of that. And, and, um, so if you're a solo agent, you can, you can, I believe any good solo agent could do hundred units um, with the right leverage in place. And it doesn't feel that bad. I think it'd probably feel easier than doing 35 while you're doing all of it. I think oh, it's a yeah. more enjoyable life. Yeah, no doubt about it. Dude, I just, what I want to point out is really anybody can do this. Um, and not enough people are, I, I think that it's going to continue to be more and more challenging for agents to stay relevant and being able to do this. Number one, the reason I like it is two reasons brings you keeps more of your, more of the money and it brings you more time leverage. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, to me, those are, those are probably the two most important factors in my opinion in the business. And so I just love what you're doing, Dave, for the listener that's going, uh, like I said, I, I think some people are going to be inspired. Some people are gonna be like, nah, it's not for me. Hopefully some people will at least realize like, Hey, I, I, I don't have to have some of these made up constraints on my business. And there's other people that are going to go, damn, that that's for me. I want to learn more about that. Like, are you, are you open to people reaching out to you 
when it oh, yeah. stuff. I mean, dude, I'm passionate. Like, you know, you know, you know my story, right? You've got kids, I have kids. Like, I want to save some marriages. I want to save some children. Like, it sucks that most realtors think big life with money or big life with my kids, either one. And for me to be able to sit here and say, yeah, through two months, I've generated 120 grand of just buyer income with spending massive amounts of time with my children. It it seems unfair. And I would love to teach other agents how to do this, either mindset and methodology, like how you got to build it. But think of how many burnt out fathers and mothers there are out there who are sacrificing when we have 63,000 realtors in the Valley who really need some good experience showing properties, they actually want to do it. Let them do it. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing is like, let them make money. Like I had a kid this weekend, make 160 bucks. He was excited. He looked like he was 21. I don't know how old he is. Cause I don't know yeah. him. And he got some, but I saw his picture. He made some yeah. money and he got some experience, which is like, Dude, it's a win. It's totally it's a win, win. It's a win, win. So yeah, let them reach out. Like you can call me. So here's my cell phone: 480-332-6468. 480-332-6468. Text me. Call me. I will gladly walk you through um, how to do this. So you can then do whatever you want. You can go show too. You can be like, dude, I'm single. Like, right? We got a buddy, Adam. Adam Coates. Yeah. Go just sell more. Go make 2 million bucks this year because you're showing, other people are showing, like however you want your leverage, do it. But my passion, like my heart is for uh, families, families who have like, I've been living as a slave to the weekend to to my clients and, and my kids are suffering. Like, let's end that. Let's yeah. end that. Love it, dude. All right, man. Dave Z, that was awesome, brother. I appreciate you taking the time to do this with me today and to share with so many people. Um, that this was awesome. And, uh, thanks brother. I appreciate you. It's my pleasure, man. I appreciate you. All right. Uh, any, any last words for the listeners before we go? Just leverage and don't feel bad about it. It's a good thing. Leverage is a good thing. So true. All right, guys, we will see you next week on the uh, next level agents podcast. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you're looking for even more valuable content and resources to help you grow your business, then we invite you to join our community, Next Level Agents at eXp Realty. By joining us, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits like live trainings, events, masterminds, weekly Zooms, digital downloads, and so much more, all designed to help you grow your business. To learn more and become a part of our community, simply visit kevinandfred.com forward slash contact and get in touch with us today. Of course, if you're not quite ready to take the plunge and join our community, that's no problem at all. You can still access all of our great content for free right here on this podcast. And again, we thank you for listening. We look forward to continuing to bring you valuable insights and more advice in the future.